You're listening to Let's Talk Jobs, where we give you practical insights into jobs and careers. I'm Tim Chen, and today we're talking about search engine optimization, or SEO. Now, dangerous question. What was the last thing you searched for on Google? Mine was, and I'm going to look at my phone here. Can dogs eat grapes? The answer is no. You should not let your dog eat grapes. They're part of the nightshade family very poisonous for pups. Now that answer came from a website and that top result in Google means that page will likely get the most visits, possibly converting that visit into a sale. So SEO is the practice of optimizing your web page so that it is more easily discoverable by search engines like Google or Bing and your goal is to rank at the top. Simply put, it doesn't matter how beautiful your website is if nobody can find it, right? So how does SEO work? Imagine you're walking into a library with a specific book in mind. You notice right away that all the books sit on shelves that are neatly organized into rows. Above each row are signage that cleanly label different genres categorized by age group. Each book has a visible title and in the cover is a short description that gives you a clear idea of what the book is about. Now in this analogy, The well-organized library is your website, and you play the role of the search engine. The organized rows represents your site structure, and the hanging signage represents a website's navigation menu and categories. The book-stocked shelves represents your website's content, and the words that make up the title of the book you're looking for, those are the keywords. So if I'm looking for a book that's about safe diet for dogs, I'm going to zero in on the book title that most closely represents that. Now, the full book title itself and a description represents your page's title tags and meta descriptions. The more optimized all of this is, the easier it is for a search engine to find you, deem you relevant, establish you as an authority, and that pushes you up into search rankings so someone can find you on organic search. So it's safe to say, That search engine optimization, in my opinion, is one of the most important functions of marketing. It also happens to be a job function that is always high in demand, as the ROI can be high when done correctly. So today, we'll be joined by Mike Shaw. He's an SEO manager at Lego Education. He also comes with years of experience on the agency side of the business, so he has a very broad and deep perspective into the business of SEO. In this video, he's going to cover topics such as how search engine optimization works, how to get your keywords onto page one, and where do companies typically struggle when it comes to SEO? All right, let's get started. Hey guys, today we're talking about how to be a search engine marketer. Joining us is Mike Shaw. Mike, how you doing? Good, how are you, Tim? Good. Mike, I may be biased. No, that's not true. I'm absolutely biased. But SEO, especially for digital marketers, is probably one of the most important disciplines today. Like, it doesn't matter how wonderful or beautiful your website is if no one can find it, right? So can you tell us a little bit about, like, what you're doing today and how long you've been doing it? For sure. Um, So I've been doing SEO for about eight to nine years now. Kind of hard to keep track. Um, (laughs) Started back in 2014, worked at agencies pretty much across the country. Um, and today I'm working for a fully remote agency that's out of, um, Irvine, California. Um, and they focus mostly on B2B SaaS. That's kind of their niche. 
Um, so I'm working with a bunch of different clients that are into like, you know, mobile DevOps. Um, some of it is freight and logistics transportation, uh, just, you know, across the gambit. And I've done, you know, even more than that into e-commerce and finance and everything like that in the past. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like in a nutshell, the verticals I'm working in, where I've been working at now. Outside of that, just, you know, in the day to day, trying to get things done. That's obvious. So let's just set some kind of foundational work for our viewers. You know, can you just tell us from your point of view, like what is SEO and why should it and why does it matter for businesses? Absolutely. Um, so I like to, you know, SEO is constantly changing over time. So I feel like, you know, as more things get added in, the definition gets more and more vague. So I was trying to think of a good one before we got on here. And I kind of came up with, it's the art and science of helping websites improve their visibility in online spaces that are accessed through inbound keyword searches, if that makes sense. That's actually really <laughs> solid. That's good. Tell Thanks. us about that. Yeah, I really, yeah, I agonized over that one. Um, so <laughs> essentially just encompasses pretty much the entire concept of we're trying to get these websites seen by more people in areas that people are already looking for them in, but they might not necessarily be there. Um, so one good thing, and this is a skill that you'll want to think about too, if you want to get into the career is think about how you'd explain it to your aunt at a Christmas party, which is, you know, obviously a real thing that I've had to do multiple times, probably with the same aunt. Um, <laughs> so, you know, if you want to break it down into more simple terms, most people understand what Google is. Google has 86% of the market share. So it's not too far off to say, this is what we do anyways, we work mostly in Google, but we're saying, okay, you search for something on the first page of Google um, and you don't see it. Are you going to go to the second page or are you going to search again? Everyone searches again. No one goes to the second page. So there you're demonstrating the value of, we want people to be on the first page. You want to help websites get there because if they're not there, they might be down in the other eight pages where they're not getting any visibility. There's just no value there. So through us helping them improve the quality and optimization of their site through a bunch of different levers, we can help them raise their rank and get to that point. And that is essentially, you know, what we're trying to do through SEO. That's an awesome description. I've, I've had conversations with probably the same aunt. So we need to uh, have another conversation with her together, <laughs> team up yeah. on this one. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I, I love how you talk about being art and science. That's absolutely true. Um, mm -hmm. So let's maybe focus on maybe the objective piece first, right? It's like, there's like, like the discipline, if you want to get really tech, like technical, like there's on page, there's off page, and there's technical SEO. Can you maybe break it down for us? Like when you're looking at an SEO strategy that's all encompassing, like um, what do you need to do? For sure. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, when you're starting off, and even now, I, I really do like to break things out into pillars like that mm -hmm. technical on page and off page where, you know, you think of technical, like your site and your content has to be accessible. The search engine has to be able to see it in order to, to get into the search results in the first place. So if you don't have that, the other two don't matter. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's like, okay, they can see your site and you go to on page. That's about what's the content in your site. Does it say the right things that are related to the keywords that you want to be showing up for? If you don't have that, how are you going to rank for those keywords you want to see? And lastly, authority is more of, um, you know, proprietary search engine, Google type thing where we're saying, you know, how, how much authority do other sites give this site? And that's essentially external linking, you know, do other sites link to you? Google uses that kind of as like an unofficial voting method to say like, all right, you know, these two sites, really good technical, pretty much the same content. One of them has 50,000 linking root domains. The other one has two 50,000 mm -hmm. linking root domains. Everyone is saying this is more authoritative. We like this best. It helps their robot decide what's the better result when it can't do it on its own. Yeah, that's a good point. I remember like when uh when you're looking at your backlinking strategy, when uh 
someone who may be un uninformed, they're like, hey, increase our off-pay strategy. They list all these websites that link to it. It's like, look, they're not going to link to us if our content doesn't read right or if it doesn't have authority or if we don't sound credible. And so like, a lot of it has to do with coaching our content creators on writing something that's memorable, that's meaningful to the and, and actionable to our viewers. A lot of times I feel like they do that's most convenient, right? They just kind of write something out there, maybe it's 500 words, if at all, and they just hope it sticks. And it just no one's going to link to that. I like your your analogy where if you're trying to explain to somebody and if you're trying to refer them to a credible, credible source of article, like you would you want to send them somewhere that's meaty, right? That they're actually going to learn something. If it's just high level, like no one's going to read that. And for the same reason, like, no one's going to want to backlink to you. So I, 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 lo I love that description. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the on-page keyword kind of strategy piece of it, right? Because there's like, how do you go around identifying the keywords? How do you, how do you prioritize them? And then like, what does it take to even move um, up a page, you know, when it comes to on-page optimization? For sure. And I think, you know, especially if we're going to go back to like real basics here, we can step back and talk really briefly about like how do search engines work? How do they understand yeah. there's differences in keywords and stuff like that? So essentially, you know, to get through it quickly, say there's a little robot that comes from the search engine, they call them spiders. And they will crawl all the websites that they can discover through the internet, whether it's links or, you know, other ways like that. And they index the content and basically say like, all right, as far as we can understand it from, you know, AI or machine learning, this is what this content is about. They kind of assign it to a general bucket. And within those, there's just more and more buckets that are kind of different topics and keyword related. So then when you're thinking about keywords for your site, you want to say like, all right, what is my offering? What am I trying to do here? What do I want people discovering me for? And then you have to look and understand through, you know, there's a couple different metrics here. Like one is search volume, where you can see how many times a month on average does this term get searched. And you say, all right, this one has high search volume. A lot of people are looking for it. And it's really relevant to my product. And that's mm -hmm. kind of how you get to like, all right, this is a particular keyword that I want to have ranking for on my site, so on and so forth. You're obviously going to have more than one keyword ranking for your site. But that's kind of the general concept around it. In terms of actually getting yourself to rank for that keyword, that's kind of where the art and science of SEO comes in. It's mm -hmm. about having, you know, specific areas on your site. There's things like title tags, headers, different areas where search engines are predisposed to look for instances mm -hmm. of keywords to get a quick like, all right, this is what this is about. And then I'll evaluate the content to see if it's any good. And then it's also, to your point, talking about you want something meaty. You know, it's not just about earning a link like that. The the search engine algorithm is able to understand if you're covering a topic completely. Google doesn't want to show bad results in you know, the higher positions. They want someone to come in and say like, all right, this page completely satisfied the intent of this query. I don't need to go back out and look for a different result. That's yeah. kind of how they maintain their market share by having really high quality results versus being like, why do I never find what I want on the first page? Which no one ever says because Google's pretty good at it. Yeah. yeah, even adding to that, you know, I think, for the the part of the science is like you mentioned looking at average monthly searches right broadly across mm -hmm. the whole internet you're also looking at competitive score right and having good mix of things that aren't super competitive but have high volume is a kind of a sweet mm -hmm. spot to be right um yeah. how 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 do you do that so let's say um you have a keyword let's say let's say it's 9000 search volume and above and let's say um semrush says the difficulty score is let's say 85 Right. Mm -hmm. um, and let's say, let's say within that keyword group, let's say there's 10 keywords that are kind of very closely related. 
um, of varying degrees of com com competition. So how do you go about cracking that nut for a high volume, relatively high competitive score keyword? Well, it depends a lot like that KD, like the keyword difficulty that metric and SCM rush um, pretty much tells you, you know, there's really big players, the high authority players here. So we can take that back roughly to say like, these people have a lot of links. And if you don't have a lot of links, it's going to be a lot more difficult mm -hmm. for you to score in that keyword. Um, so it kind of depends on the site that you're coming in on. Like I've had clients where I've come in and they have this huge backlinky portfolio. They've been around since like 2002. And it's like, we can pretty much rank for whatever we want. The keyword difficulty really doesn't apply to us because we mm -hmm. have the authority to back it up versus other sites. If you're just starting out and you're saying like, I want to go after like, <laughs> like mesothelioma claims, which is, you know, unrelated, like the most expensive keyword you could bid on a paid search. But that's going to be like, you know, everyone wants that keyword. There's going to be a ton of sites going after it. And it's going to be mm -hmm. like, we might have to back into that in a different way. And mm -hmm. that's going to be about like, all right, how many of those subtopics like you just talked about do we have that maybe have a lower keyword difficulty that we can try to get in on there? So you're starting to look from short tail, which is going to be like, again, I'll do a different example. This is better shoes. Like, you know, that mm -hmm. has huge search volume. There's really generic. It could mean a ton of different things. But then you can get down to like the really nitty gritty stuff like um, size nine trail running shoes for women with mm -hmm. thin soled feet. You know what I mean? Like the search volume is really low, but the difficulty goes down because there's much fewer results that are talking about that. So you try to build up your relevancy in the long tail, what's most applicable to your product. And then you kind of build up to getting to that more short tail keyword through site hierarchy. So mm. say we're talking about shoes again. So we want to say, let's build a page that's just shoes. And it's like, here's all the shoes that we have in categories. We have men's shoes, women's shoes, running shoes, hiking shoes, trail running shoes. And we're linking out from these things to different pages that are all about these different things. So like what I said before, Google wants a result that satisfies the entire intent of the query. Of say, shoes, how do we satisfy the entire intent of shoes? We literally have a page that says, here is every single shoe in every category that we have. We link down to it and our whole site hierarchy just keeps going down. We have more information, more products. We get down to even the most nitty gritty, like what I've made that ridiculous thin sold example. That is kind of how you build up to it. You start with the easier, not so difficult keywords, make the site structure right, build out the right content and just keep building those pages out. And that's how you're going to get to that point. Obviously, it takes a long time. You have to build authority while you do that, which can obviously happen naturally. And there's other things that you can do to try to influence that. But that is, you know, the general sense if you're coming from uh, kind of a net new site and you want it to build up to like mm -hmm. play with, uh, you know, the big dogs, so to speak. Yeah, that's that's really helpful. You know, um, one thing that I do, and I'm, I'm kind of curious if you have your own version of this because everyone does it a little differently, is when I'm, when I'm building my keyword strategy, and of course, you build that through input from many internal stakeholders, right? So I'm talking to your product, I'm talking to your comms, I'm talking to support and sales, kind of doing a conglomeration of all the relevant keywords. I usually group them into like, like protect, grow, and expand, right? So protect are ones that we should absolutely be on page one for. And if we're not, what's mm -hmm. the plan to get there? Expand are like your very relevant keywords that may be a longer, longer, um, longer tail or maybe difficult difficulties, like maybe 60 and below, right? And mm -hmm. then like expand is like purely like competitors are there. You're not in there at all. Like it's probably going to take some kind of investment to break into that. Or you're maybe identifying, identifying a trend that maybe two years out from now, and you want to start now and start building and owning that. So I typically look at it that lens. Is that kind of similar to how you kind of go about kind of advising like a keyword strategy, or is there another way that you look at it? 
not that it's not a valid way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's definitely, if you're taking that difficulty into mind, it's really good in the sense that you're like prioritizing for what can we win on immediately and what can we plan out for, which, you know, a lot of stakeholders, if you're internal or clients, if you're working at agency really like for me, um, Mm -hmm. I don't do it so much as that. I really just don't take keyword difficulty into effect, maybe to my detriment, honestly, but (laughs) I look at it more as like, I like to just map out the entire site. I take Mm -hmm. like an Excel sheet and it has a row one basically representing click levels down to four. So like homepage, solutions page, subpage, page, you know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. URL title tag. And then I do up to three keywords for each that either they are kind of ranking for, or I find a competitor that's doing that page better than them and assign that keyword. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I get to that. Um, you know, I think maybe protect grow We're saying mm-hmm. this is kind of what mm-hmm. we have. This is what we want to grow into. And then for expansions, it's about competitive gap for me. I go mm-hmm. in, you know, look at other sites like, okay, what do we just don't have that they have? And then I build a content strategy around that mostly is what I do. So I guess I kind of do something similar. It's just mine are just more grouped into, you know, what are the different sections of the site and whether it's protect, grow or expand is just, you know, kind of irrelevant as long yeah. as the tactic I'm doing yeah. to get there, you know, is in place. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And actually, I like how you're thinking in, in- in terms of site structure and hierarchy, because to your earlier point, that's how Google's going to look at it as well, right? Like, is your mm-hmm. is the structure of a site relevant as a whole? And that kind of all kind of they all add together in su- in some to like your authority as on as a site. Um, how when you're looking at let's say optimizing a product page for keyword versus let's say pairing in blogs to supplement that, how, what's the relationship between those types or or even beyond? Like, if you're trying to grow a keyword category. Like where's like where should a product page play versus where should a product or or even like a like a glossary page or like a SERP? Like what are your thoughts on that? So that's a big thing um, that I like to call commercial versus editorial keywords. I mm-hmm. think is the direction we could take that, where we're saying there are keywords that trigger SERPs, search engine results pages that have results that are articles blogs, news, you know, whatever you want to call it, we call that editorial, it's more long form, it's kind of informative type content. And then commercial terms are the ones that trigger product category home pages, you know, mm-hmm. pages you're going to want to convert on. And you'll often find that, you know, with product pages, it's like, you know, I'll just stick with shoes, because it's easy, like Nike Metcon 2. That's going to be probably a product page, if not a category page, or like, buy Nike Metcon type 2. Or if you're talking about like, you know, SaaS or something like that. It's usually like, you know, um, mobile DevOps solutions, mobile DevOps software. Whereas if you would just put in mobile DevOps or CICD, whatever it might be, you're probably going to get a more informative page. So it's about looking at what kind of SERPs are being triggered by those keywords. And then you can kind of get an understanding of like, all right, for this, I'm going to need to write an article for it because I'm not going to rank for it on a product page or something to that effect. Or you could take, you know, if there's, plenty of experimental approaches where you can do a quasi editorial product page where, you know, it's traditional kind of like e-commerce, you know, picture price, whatever it might be or whatever that is. And then underneath you have a lot more content. That's maybe like an FAQ format. It's Mm -hmm. tabbed or something like that, where you're saying like, here's where I'm selling this and here's everything you need to know about it on one page. So yeah, yeah, it's really about understanding what type of SERP, how does Google understand this as transactional informational and Mm -hmm. then making the appropriate piece of content to meet that. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Um, and kind of building upon that and maybe even bringing in a topic you touched on earlier briefly is just how do you measure efficacy of your SEO program, right? So like 
Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier. You mentioned like there's there's elements of it, like like search uh, keyword volume and your position, your rank on page one. I think those are the obvious ones. But like when you're building a dashboard, whether it's for an executive audience or maybe from for a uh, decision decision making peer or a content creator, like what kind of dashboards and information or data do you put together that helps tell the story to can compel like your desired action from them? For sure. Um, so I mean, there's different levels. You can go pretty basic, which is you know. It's like the every man's SEO metrics, which are going to be like keyword rankings and traffic like period over period. Did we improve rank and did we get more traffic? Mm-hmm. Like, all right, good. That's, you know, good in one sense. But what does that really tell me about like the health of my business? So then you got to think like, all right, what's the next level? And that's going to be conversions. Or if you're in e-commerce, we have revenue metrics, you know, getting into GA here. You can mm-hmm. say like, all right, period over period for these new pages we created or pages that we added new content to or made some change to. This is how many more conversions we got through the organic channel specifically. And that kind of helps say, like, look, at this is actual business value. There's more customers coming in. That's what we're looking at there. And then there's even like, you know, the really go big level where you're talking like almost a rev ops where you're like actually attributing pipeline revenue to what you're doing on the site. And that gets into like, you know, lifetime value, customer acquisition costs where you're legitimately like making a ratio to prove out for every dollar that you're paying me. This is how many dollars I'm making you back through SEO efforts. And that's where you really get into like, you know, the advanced stuff. And I think that's ultimately where everyone should end up. But, you know, getting there is, like I said, <laughs> like yeah. pipeline revenue, rev ops, that kind of stuff gets really complicated. Even conversions sometimes mm-hmm. can be complicated. If, you know, a client or a site, you'd be surprised like big names don't have them set up. Mm-hmm. Um, or they say like, well, we don't have attribution in Salesforce or something to that effect. So, mm-hmm. you know, it can be hairy. So I always start from the basics, make sure I have those covered, but try to understand whoever the stakeholder is in your company or whoever the client is, what they really want to see. I always say like, what's going to make you happy at the end of the day? What's mm-hmm. going to be your measure for success? And just emphasize that as much as possible. But I think yeah, it's so, always good to tell that other story underneath as well. Yeah, absolutely. So for that holy grail situation where you're able to tie like organic activity to revenue or pipeline uh, um, influence or whatever it is, um, is are you able to do that down to the keyword? Or are you just looking at it as a program? Like my organic program in total, you've spent 80K and this is what it gets you? Like, Or is it more granular than that? No, it, it, it's pretty much, I think, at the overall level, okay. you know, at that point, you're just trying to say like, dollar spent in the program, this is the output you're getting from that, just almost like, you know, an ROI type thing. Um, mm-hmm. When you're getting down to keyword stuff, you know, that's kind of the difference between us and someone like paid search. You know, if you look through the evolution of SEO, there was a lot of issues with keyword spam, keyword stuffing, and Google's mm-hmm. solution for that was to really just cut off keyword level data altogether, yeah. not tell you kind of what you're getting at the keyword level because it was just apparently causing issues. So you mm-hmm. really have a hard time doing that. You can do some of it through Google Search Console, but still that data is sampled. So yeah. I always tell people to take that with a grain of salt for sure. And in your opinion, where do companies usually fall short when it comes to SEO, whether it's not including the best practices, not having rigor or program, or it could be workflow. Like, Because you work with so many clients, like, what are the general challenges you see out there? It varies a lot, but I think that a lot of it comes down to like sloppiness, just kind of, you know, not keeping up with, you know, some of the technical and content quality tasks that you should be. You always find a bunch of like duplicative pages, things that were indexed from, you know, an event they did, you know, however, six, two years ago, and there's like a million of those. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just a lot of loose ends to clean up that can, you know, overall, if your site has all these pages that are you know, dead ending, they're broken links, they're from really old dates, you know, say like 
you haven't cleaned up your blog content in the last 10 years, but the majority of your content is from, you know, four years ago, mm -hmm. the search engine is going to look at your site and be like, all right, this is irrelevant stuff. These people obviously are on top of their game. We're going to demote you. The, that kind of content or like sloppy mess or whatever you want to call it can actually bring down the, you know, quote unquote quality score of your site. And that's going to hurt you overall. Even if you have, you know, a really nice optimized core section, all that fat's going to drag you down. And that's one big thing, you know, that encompasses a lot of different tactics and strategies that I think, you know, sites, uh, don't always do well. Yeah, I like that because whenever you do any kind of new SEO engagement, the question is always like, what's the lowest hanging fruit? Mm -hmm. And people think I need to start writing all this copy. Whereas it's like, really, it's like, actually, there's some foundational stuff that you did. That's the most, the lowest hanging fruit. And I like your, your it's dead end pages as one example, right? Like just removing those systematically mm -hmm. you can just by nature um, improve your you know site performance or even like things like improving site speed. Right. That's not dependent on yeah. content creation. Right? Um, yeah. And, and for me, like I, even from a workflow point of view, it's like, like there's that, this that systematic foundational stuff. And I think SEO is almost like to me synonymous with culture as well. Culture meaning like as an organization, does everyone believe in the value of SEO, especially those who are creating content and how willing are they to utilize best practices or SEO or keyword research or, or whatnot. And, and it varies, right? And again, there's, yeah. it's, that's not actually a, a criticism on anyone. It's just like, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, when, when you have time to, to publication and like, if the, the, the due diligence is not there, like, how do you work that into it? So I think it's got to evolve, but it's got to be, be, a, be a part of culture. Like, it has to be like a part of discussion. Otherwise, like you'll, you'll systematically or always be fixing things retroactively instead of getting ahead of it. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point of like, they just don't have, you know, SEO first or even SEO third approach. If you want to take it from that, you know what I mean? There's no one inside yeah. evangelizing for it. And like you said, everyone has their own schedule to meet their own weekends they want to get to. And it's like, you know, yeah. unless someone's making that obvious for them and they're making it a well-oiled machine, the parts don't work well together and you kind of get that, you know, sloppiness. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I got I got one more question for you, and I want to shift yeah. to like your career journey, and in, specifically around like skills that people should be considering if they're trying to look into looking to search engine optimization or marketing as a career. Um, so the last technical question I have for you is just around the the topic of AI, right? There's a lot of tools out yeah. there. I would I don't believe using AI to replace search engine marketing is the way to go, but certainly it should augment. And so like, are you using the tools these days to kind of help you out? Or do you see anything like, let's say on the horizon that you think might either change the game or in change, maybe influence our efficacy of creating content or whatnot? For sure. I mean, most recently, ChatGPT and just generative AI in general definitely changed the game. Um, you know, there is so much you can use it for to augment what you're doing or make your life that much easier. Like you have to take a lot of it with a grain of salt, honestly, you know, especially if you're asking mm -hmm. it, I was reading an article the other day, like certain types of questions, like definites versus like what ifs type questions like that. Mm -hmm. um, but you can, you know, use it to generate content ideas. Um, you can use it to do really complex things like, you know, href langs, like you can put in, like identify the international alternate and then write the href lang in an XML sitemap format. And it's like, spits that out for you, which is crazy. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's definitely in that sense, like, okay, this could be a really big help for us. And then in the other sense, you know, there's the stuff that we're seeing going on right now, even like the more macro outside of SEO um, with like, you know, writers and artists where, you know, they're like, okay, you know, this is kind of ripping off our stuff and we're not really mm -hmm. not getting credit for this. And it's kind of making us 
obsolete in some senses. And that's definitely, you know, a big concern in the SEO community, especially since Google announced it's, um, you know, coming out with that. I think it's the SGE, the search generative experience is what it's called. And it's essentially just, you know, if you've ever seen, you know, you search something on Google and it has the answer box before you can even get to click into anything mm-hmm. and taking that and just amping it up times 10, you know, like scraping all these sites from their content and then pretty much putting a lot of generative AI at the top of the search results and driving down the traditional search results, which obviously mm-hmm. drives down the visibility, the value, the click-through rate. So, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of worry right now of what's going to happen there. And then, yeah, even with like content writing, um, there are really good uses of it. I've seen it work really well in some cases, you know, if a human edits a bit after or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, you know, there's no like policy at Google against using pure AI content. So, you know, yeah. you could have a competitor overnight rip out, you know, 20 new articles that really match the quality of your content when they couldn't before. And that really yeah. changes the level of the playing field. So it's the wild west. It's hard to say yeah. what it's going to be right now. I love it because it makes my job easier. But again, <laughs> I'm going to take my job. I don't know. Yeah. So. I agree with you on the, the last thing you said around like um, lack of policy, right? I think the things that yeah. you need to be, you, everyone should be cautious about is like, Policies will be put in place eventually, or as Google gets more sophisticated in measuring efficacy of content, like we've seen penalization of keyword stuffing, right? And so it's not far to imagine penalization of AI source content. And you, like there's, stif- there's sniffers out there now, right? You, they can detect if it's AI written. So I definitely agree. Like you shouldn't use AI to completely author content without a human review. Um, now things you can do, right? Like you can literally take a article say, Hey, look, rewrite this article utilizing like these five keywords, X amount of times mm-hmm. and focusing on this world event or whatever it is. And it'll spit something out for you, but it's up to you to then like reread that and adjust it to fit your tone, voice review for accuracy, et cetera. Um, cause again, you still want to come back to a source of where that's not generated by AI. Cause again, you don't want to be punished by plagiarism or whatever that is. Um, yeah. Cool. So let's kind of shift gears. Like, like yeah. SEO, like how did you kind of come across this? How did you discover this as a field? Like, did you have prior experience before doing this or was it kind of out of the blue? It was kind of uh, out of the blue. So I had graduated my undergrad in like 2007. It was a music, uh, music management degree. Um, and, you know, at that point, I really wasn't sure what I was going to do with it. You know, landscape had really changed since I got into college. Um, you know, even going back from like, you know, Napster just kind of wiped out most of the things you can do with music management as that evolved. And mm-hmm. so I was like, all right, I got to buy myself more time. I'm going to go to grad school. So I went to Suffolk here in Boston and got an MBA. And um, while I was there, I was in a group project with this guy, Victor, who ended up being the VP of analytics at the first agency I worked at. We were getting a drink afterward. And uh, I just mentioned, I was like, yeah, I got to figure out something. I think I want to do marketing. He's like, well, I'm the vice president at a marketing agency. <laughs> So he got me in for a round of interviews um, that they had just happened to be doing. Uh, they were looking to fill a bunch of different positions across, you know, different types of media, um, paid media, display, you know, whatever it might be. And then for SEO, there was only one guy who did SEO. and We got into the interview and we were like, oh, my God, like we like a lot of the same things. We're all friends with Victor. And he's like, you seem like a cool dude, you know, as long as you, you know, seem like you have, you know, some initiative in you. He's like, let's give it a show or give it a try, whatever. And I did come in, you know, like thinking like, I think this one might be cool. I tried to learn like a little bit about each thing and like, you know, mm-hmm. just to kind of rat- rattle off like things I heard online. And he's like, ah, you know, you're good. Um, so yeah, it really came down to just kind of networking. And then, you know, 
personality and gelling. I think that's the truth for a lot of jobs, especially when you're getting in at that low level. It's like, you can't expect anyone to really know much. It's like, you just got to want to learn and be, you know, diligent. Yeah, that's, that's, that's hilarious. Cause I, I, that mirrors a lot of my own personal experiences as well, you know, especially as it yeah. pertains to the field of SEO in particular, like I, I didn't have prior experience either. Right. I think the something you mentioned there, which, which is really important is like, you know, obviously you want to know the fundamentals of what it is, right? Even if you haven't practiced it, you just got to know what it's about generally and what the best practices are. So you can at least speak to it. But the human element is very, very important because like um, it's a very cross-functional discipline, right? If your, your ability to influence cross-functional stakeholders allows you to, I guess, create a, a better efficacy of a site as a whole because you have so many different content creators. And then that takes a certain individual, right? The one who's more successful at doing that you're doing, you're doing less cleanup in the future, right? Retroactively. Um, mm -hmm. I also feel like having a, at least some foundation in analytics is important. Yeah. Out of the gate, I think as you described earlier, it's not deep analytics. It's pretty, it's pretty straightforward stuff you can learn. Again, getting used to interfaces like Google Analytics as one example and knowing what to search. Yes, that takes a little time to figure out. It can also be learned on the job, but being willing to look into the data to kind of figure that out allows you to do the whole science versus art piece that you talked about. Because yeah. a part of the art is discovering things, right? Um, mm -hmm. So like, so when I've made hires for SEO in the past, like one thing I look for is like almost like an entrepreneurial spirit. Like, do you have that, like that, that go-getter mentality where like you just want to figure something out and you, and you're just naturally questioning things. Um, Cause mm -hmm. that's, that's the kind of mindset of a, 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 an optimist, right? Um, when you are looking at making a hire, for let's say first time career, um, is there anything else that you're looking for? And then conversely, if you're looking to hire someone who's senior, like what are you looking for in that individual? Uh, so you're talking like new hire. I think I look for a lot of personality and like, you know, think I'd base it off of my kind of experience. You mm -hmm. know, did they actually come in like prepared to answer some kind of, you know, questions about this and display they had some kind of knowledge? Um, and then I do a lot of it based on personality. You got to work directly with this person. You're going to get along with them. Um, so, you know, sometimes with new people, it's taking a chance, um, looking at a more senior person. I mean, that's going to be a much more, um, you know, there's going to be a lot more scrutiny in terms of like, you know, use or not use cases, like case studies, almost like, you know, what have you done in this particular situation? Um, what do you think is important for X, Y, Z? Like a lot of things you've been asking me today, I'd probably ask them the same mm -hmm. things just try to make sure they understand, you know, did they think the same things are important that I think are important? Like obviously that the clients are going to think important and that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. that's more, you know, a stringent type skills interview and then personality for sure. Yeah. You can't just hire a guy you like to do something that's going to be like client facing when they're going to be like all shoulders, like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so true. Well, Mike, this was a very informative meeting or not meeting. That's so formal, like a conversation. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. Um, how can people find you if they want to maybe hit you up for some advice or anything else that you want to showcase? Um, I uh, think LinkedIn is probably the best place. Um, sure, we can figure out how to share a link after this. And we post yep. this wherever you're going to do it. Um, and then, yeah, hit me up. My agency is always looking for um, you know, new opportunities. So if you're in B2B SaaS, we might be able to help you out. All right. Thanks a lot, Mike. All right, Tim. All right, talk to you talk later. To you later. Bye.